Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now, here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I'm Richard Bliss, your host, just like the man said. And you're listening to episode 224. I've got a great show for you today, a great guest. We're going to talk about some wonderful things, three ways to use previous Kickstarter success to build into future success. So it's a great topic. But before we go to my guest, let's hear a word from the sponsor. As a sponsor of Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, we are thrilled to announce that your host, Richard Bliss, will be speaking at Good Crowd 14, the social enterprise and crowdfunding conference at Snowbird, Utah, on September 26th. Register today at 30% off the early registration price at the exclusive Funding the Dream registration page, secfc.co forward slash dream. My guest today has been on the show before. It was a couple of years ago. They had a campaign that was successful. It was something very cool, uh, something that uh, my daughter was uh, interested in. It was Goblins Drool Fairies Rule and... Uh, it was a fun little campaign with some fantastic art. Uh, I wanted the campaign manager to come back and uh, and talk to us a little bit about the success of that project and because he has some ideas about how to, to build that success. And so that's why I've invited him back. David Sanhuesa is the creator of that. David, thanks for joining me on the show. Thank you, Richard, for having me back. Well, it's been fun. It's been – it's hard to believe it's already been like two years, hasn't it? Yeah, the time has certainly flown. It has, and at the time, two years ago, you had a, a project, uh, a small card game. Yes. Did I get the name right? I always got it. It's Goblins <laughs> Drool Fairies Rule, right? Yeah. Uh, don't feel bad if you get it wrong. Almost everybody. I, I screw it up myself from time to time, and All I'm right. the one who came up with the name. But yes, it's Goblins Drool Fairies Rule. And a fun card game. I can remember the video that you did. Uh, it was great because you actually filmed children playing the prototypes – and the enthusiasm and excitement was just – it was so visible. There was no voiceover or anything. You just watch right. these kids having a great time playing this game. Yeah, I think you can thank uh, Sarah Yarrington for that video. I think that was some uh, friends of theirs uh, up in New Hampshire. And uh, Sherilyn and uh, Chris Kirkman did yep. an awesome job on editing that video. So that was actually a, a team effort uh, yeah. because I had worked with uh, Game Salute on that project. Yeah, that was. Um, and they all do great work. That was that was a great project. Now the project is it completed, funded, and the game is now out in stores, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so the the project completed about uh, just a little over two years ago in terms of the Kickstarter project, um, and then the game itself was released in May of last year. So it's been in stores for a little over a year now. I knew it because I was at a game store uh, a while back, and I thought I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, awesome!" And there's nothing so cool as to see something that you have some kind of emotional or personal tie to. And having had you on my show, uh, seeing the success of that campaign because it was you know two years ago, and then to see it in the stores, it was a lot of fun. Um, and so it's been a very interesting journey. We're not going to really talk about that journey. Uh, we've right. covered it on, certainly on other episodes with other guests. But you reached out to me because you had some things that you wanted to talk to uh, moving forward, maybe that were some insights, and I found them fascinating. What were those? Uh, yeah, so uh, I've been thinking about uh, three different ways that project creators can leverage their past success on Kickstarter. 
because uh, I've put together a new project. And so a lot of the, the thinking in putting this project together, preparing the page and, and thinking about how I'm going to get the word out and, and really market this to people came from my experience on the previous project. So, so this is a direct tie somehow to the Goblin's Drool campaign. Absolutely, yes. So this is the Goblin's Drool, Fairy's Rule coloring book and art book. So we're actually taking the artwork from the game, which has really caught a lot of people's attention. It's uh, definitely, I think, the thing that gets talked about most about the game, just yes. how beautiful the, it is. Oh, the art is beautiful. I mean, totally, totally beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Mayhack, who's the artist for the project, I, I mean, he's he's a phenomenal artist, but I think he really outdid himself um, you know, even above his normal you know level of quality for for this project. It, it came out better than uh, than I could have even, even dreamed of, and I think just the amount of hype that the game has gotten because of that artwork, I'm it, it's if you if if someone were to to take a look at it right now, look up Goblin's Rule, Fairy's Rule. You'll see what we're talking about. Yeah, it is. It's 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 pretty uh, pretty phenomenal. I'm looking at your pre-campaign because right. you're you're about to launch this new one. I mean, like when we get off this show, get off the phone, right? Yeah, pretty much. I think as soon as we hang up, uh, I'm going to hit that launch button. So oh, it's, uh, I might force you to stay on and and, and hit it while <laughs> we're on. But so right. this campaign, because I'm looking at it and it looks like it's a lot of the same elements from the game. Yes. So basically, it's it's taking. Uh, all that artwork we had from the game that people love so much and finding new ways to use it because we wanted to give more to the fans of the game who are already out there and also open it up to a, a wider audience sort of share this, this world and these characters that we created with more people. And I felt that uh, doing books was the next logical step and a great way to, to sort of reuse that, that artwork and, and, use it for a new purpose. Sure. Um, in content marketing, which is what I do for a living, uh, there's a, we, we use a term for that. Uh, and what it is is you create a single piece of content and then you repurpose, re, reuse, repurpose, and recycle that content in different ways to expand it into different uh, different places, different markets, different abilities to, to share that. And this is a perfect example. I mean, the artwork, the artwork really was, it was screaming to be a coloring book. Didn't you have <laughs> that as a pledge level in the first one? No, we actually had an art book though because so much work went into the art and because there was so much of it and because it really was more than just functional for a game it really was the kind of artwork that you could have put up on your wall uh we we created an art book that would showcase all of that so uh, i had all the okay yeah so we showed all like the the final illustrations in full color we showed the original sketches we showed like a process of you know how how the artwork got from the sketches to the full color so it's a very like packed informational book that has all the the artwork from the game uh, but that was only done as a very limited reward for the previous kickstarter um it, although it was also released as as an ebook you know for for a wider audience but the actual physical book was only for the the highest level backers and so we wanted to share that with a wider audience so we're creating a a new cheaper edition of the book so this so so hang on let me make sure i'm not confused this sure. campaign isn't an art book or is it an art book? Is it a coloring book and an art book? It's two books. Okay. So the art book was, like I said, it was created for the oh, previous got it. Okay, okay, okay. And we're creating a new edition that, that isn't a limited edition. So this is an edition we plan to print a lot of copies of and would actually like to get it into uh, stores, bookstores, eventually. Uh, but it's also going to be produced as a soft cover instead of a hard cover. 
Uh, so we learned more about book printing since the last Kickstarter campaign. So, uh, so armed with this new information, we can sort of reuse that, that asset and create basically a, a fresh product. Uh, for, for either people who wanted the book but maybe thought it was too expensive or people who never heard of the project you know, when it was on Kickstarter, but, but now they have a chance to pick it up. And that brings up a good point because you have a built-in audience, right? Uh, yes. And so I, yeah. I, I guess that's kind of what you're targeting here. Yeah. So the, the second thing that I want to talk about uh, beyond the, the reuse of, of existing uh, content was uh, going after a very target audience. Uh, every Kickstarter has its own niche, right? People, sure, you know, like you know, surfing documentaries or people who like board right. games about Vikings, or, you know, whatever. You ha- you always have a target audience, but this th- for this particular campaign, doing these these two books, the art book and the coloring book, we're we basically have two main targets, right? So our our, our first target is uh, fans who already know about the game and had uh, supported it on Kickstarter. Uh, previously right? right so we have over a thousand backers from our previous campaign that this project is really meant to appeal to them and, and give them more of something that they've already shown that they really like and are really interested in uh the second group audience is uh the fans of the artists uh mike mayhack who i've already said is absolutely brilliant oh it's um, amazing he's, he's got a lot of de- dedicated fans he's actually got his own uh a comic book that's being produced by Scholastic now. His Cleopatra in Space is actually a graphic novel in, in bookstores, which is awesome. Um, so he's got a, a dedicated fan base. So this project is also for his existing audience, people who just love his work and are, and are always looking for more and more stuff from him. Does he do any art? Does he do any artwork for other games? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Uh, he, he's done a lot of artwork for for graphic novels and and stuff like that, but I. I think this might be his only game. Well, it's awesome artwork. And I guess, you know, we can't really show it on, on the podcast, but it's certainly right. worth looking at. Okay, so, so you, you've repurposed some content. You've retargeted uh, at a niche of a niche, uh, what we'll say. And yes. you've really dr- drilled in and focused on people who already know who you are because, right, and this is something that maybe sometimes uh, people forget, you can continue to use those updates from your original project to inform people about this project, right? Correct. And, and that's something I think uh, successful creators do. I mean, there, there are some creators who've, you know, uh, created tons of, of past Kickstarter projects, you know, like Tasty Minstrel, yeah. uh, Minion Games, Game Salute, and a bunch of others. They, they have a lot of uh, successful Kickstarters that they've run in the past, and that is a great way to tell people about their new projects coming up. They just give updates in the old Kickstarter projects. In this case, though, it's slightly different because – um, for some of those, because you are specifically targeting people who, this is the same audience, same niche. Yes. And it's a set versus a game salute that's got a wide range of games or a tasty minstrel might have a, you know, a, a micro game and then a, a full Euro game. Yes. This is, this is to dead on the, those thousand backers. Guess what? You guys have already given us money because you like the art or we're giving you an opportunity to give us more money. Yeah, it's it's extremely specific, yes. but it, that has actually been, uh, I think, a, a big help in planning and, and building this project. It certainly because, makes it a lot easier when you're that narrow and know exactly who you're talking to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you know what they're going to be interested in. You you have a previous relationship with them. You're not wasting time having to, I guess, re-explain everything. Uh, like like most of what I've, I've described in my project page is is really about. 
uh, about the, the book and, and the other war- rewards they can get and how we're going to do them as opposed to having to explain about what the game was and, and about the world. People just, they already know it and, and they just look at, at the art and, um, that, that's, that's the hook, right? It is. That is the hook. All right. So those are two. You had mentioned, I think, that there was a, there were three things that you were thinking about. Right. So, and then the, the third thing, which also it, it, it came from my experience with the, the previous Kickstarter project, and I've tried to apply it with this one, uh, is uh, the idea of having uh, allies help you with your projects or picking the right people to partner with so you don't go it alone. Uh, so you have um, you know, people there that you can, can lean on, that you can count on, and also their strengths can become your strengths. Okay, you're going to have to explain that. Uh, right. that, that, <laughs> yeah. makes, that makes sense in generalities, but are there some specifics that you're thinking about? Yes, yeah. So I was just laying the general you know, groundwork. But the, specifically, um, so during the, the last project, uh, there were two big partnerships that I think really helped us be so successful. Uh, the, the first was uh, Mike Mayhack. Right, who, who was the artist for the game? Uh, so just the the fact that he has such an established fan base uh, really drew, I think, a lot of the early backers to that project because uh, he was able to uh, announce it uh, to, to his fans, to, to forums, and, and other places where he posts regularly. Uh, so that drew a lot of people in. Uh, so when I chose an artist, I didn't want uh, well, I wanted someone who was extremely talented, but the fact that that it was someone who also had a, a slight, I guess you could say, celebrity status or just an established network. Um, that that was intentional, and I think that really helped uh, our project. And, and that's why I, I've partnered with him again on, on this project. Um, I actually, it, uh, before I had just commissioned Mike to do artwork for the game, uh, but this time I actually invited him to become a, a full partner in this book project uh, because I know he he would add a lot of value to the project. Oh yeah! Wow. Okay. So this one, we are actually, the two of us are, are running together, uh, again, for, for those same reasons, because he, he has, just, cause, just as I have the established fan base now with, with the game and my own personal social networks and business networks, he has his fan base, which he can bring into this project on day one. Uh, and because he was the artist behind all this artwork, it, it was just a natural choice. He deserves to be a full partner in this. Sure, because that's what you're selling this time. You're selling art. Yes, right? Right. yes. The, the art and the, the books that we've put together. Yep. Uh, so the other uh, partnership from the previous Kickstarter campaign was with uh, Game Salute. So they, they were actually my partner for that game uh, campaign um, in, in, in continuing to, to sell the game. Um, and they were also very helpful for that project. And, and I chose them specifically uh, for that too because I knew I needed an ally to take care of things that I either didn't have time for or that just weren't my areas of expertise. Now, they're not participating in this one, right? Uh, no, they're not, because it's not a game project. So Go- Goblet Jewel Fairies Rule is something that I own uh, the, the license for uh, in terms of, of, of the intellectual property. So I can do a lot of things with it, like make books out of it, uh, turning it into uh, video games. Uh, if, I needed, if I wanted to sell it to Disney to be an animated show, whatever... I want to do. Uh, I actually own that content, okay. uh, but I, I have a license agreement with GameSleuth, so they have the, the publishing rights for the actual card game. Okay, so we perfect. Continue, yeah, so we're we're continuing uh, in that relationship, but this is actually a spin-off project 
which I'm taking on myself. And those and those partnerships are important to talk about because sometimes they work well and sometimes they can take matters out of your own hands. For example, your project was uh, a little bit late. A few of your backers were quite vocal about not being happy about that. And and when when somebody else is kind of owning it, there's not much you can do about that, right? Right. Yeah. So the the previous project, um, so it was a, a few months late, and most of our backers, I think, were very understanding, but a few were were quite understandably upset, and I think that happens to a lot of project creators, as as most Kickstarters do seem to be, at least a couple of months late, if not longer. Uh, but because of that experience, I think we handled it well. But uh, but this because time, it just felt so bad disappointing people. Yeah. That, I really want to make sure that the plan for this project was so solid that we would actually most likely deliver way ahead of schedule instead of behind schedule. And this one, and, and the one way to do that is you're you're basically owning the whole process here. Yes, that that's part of it because it's pretty much just me and Mike, and and I'm the one personally who's in charge of most of the the logistics in production. Um, it's it's really all on me. So it. In a sense, I, that's great. Like I feel to have that responsibility, I, I I feel like yes, I can pull this off. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not going to make or I've learned from you know previous mistakes from previous projects. I'm, I'm not going to uh, make any uh, uh, any of the same mistakes. Uh, but also, it is a lot of pressure because if something does screw up, well, the blame is all yep. on me. Yep, right. yep. There's nobody to hide behind this time. It, not, it, exactly. Right. Well, that, not that there was any hiding. Right. Not I mean. that there was any hiding, but yes, it's the full force of ownership and the responsibility of success or failure now is squarely on your shoulders. Uh, I, so I have a question here because I've had a few guests on. We've talked about self-publishing. Um, you're you're going to publish these books your, uh, yourself. Well, right. You're going to use an organization. How are you going about that? Who are you going to use to do the publishing? Uh, so I'm actually doing – we're doing the publishing ourselves. Like Gameogami, which is my, my company that I do the game development uh, with, is actually the publisher for these books. Right. So we're, we're doing all the, the – we're we have a, a, a printer who's going to be doing all, all the printing, and we're setting up a plan for the fulfillment also. Is the, is the printer in the U.S.? Is it a U.S.-based printer? Yes. Yeah, just like with the, the, the hardcover book that we did before, all the printing is going to be done – in the U.S. Uh, and because we've, we've worked with the printers before, know what to expect and know what the turnaround times are and, and um, the, the, the file submission, the proofing, all that. So because we've been through this before, um, I'm pretty confident we got a solid plan for this time. Well, yeah, and you're right because you have done these books before, and it's just a it's a slight modification. Uh, well, that's pretty good, David. There is a slight. Uh, I'm sorry if if I can just add one more thing. We do. We got just a minute or two. Yeah. All right, cool. So the other thing I just want to touch on real quickly was the coloring book because I don't think we really got into that. Right, right, right. So the other, and actually, actually, really, the bigger part of this this Goblin Tool Phase Rule project is the the coloring book that we're doing. So we're doing two books. The coloring book is a brand new one that we're working on. Um, so we actually got a friend of Mike's, uh, another cartoonist named Josh Ulrich. He's worked on, uh, I think, he's worked on The Simpsons on. Uh, Garfield, Adventure Time, um, and a couple of uh, comic books as well. So he's actually taking all of Mike's uh, artwork from the game and turning it into line art to create the coloring book. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Right, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. You sent me a preview link, and it is it is very fun. It's like, oh, I want not that my oldest, my youngest is now nine, um, so she's starting to get a little beyond that. But it would still be way cool to have her be able to color and paint 
Because it's just gorgeous. It's just gorgeous, especially if she was to see these art prints and then to be able to take some of those pictures and color them herself. Right. Yeah, that's that's actually sort of I think part of the fun of it is that there's sort of this reference point, right? You can see the colored illustrations and then you can either try to copy them yourselves, use them as, as a reference, or you can try to go with a completely different take on it when you color the coloring book. Very cool. So the art book and uh, the uh, coloring book, Josh right. and uh, Mike, right? Is it Mike? Yeah, Mike was the original artist, and, and Josh is the one doing the, the coloring book uh, uh, inking to create that line art. And that's just like another – it's a different way to reuse that artwork but create a, a brand new product out of it. I think that's, those are three great points. I certainly appreciate you coming on the show and sharing them with us, David. Thank you, Richard. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. Our guest has been David Sanhuesa. He was the creator of Goblin's Drool Fairy's Rule, which was out two years ago. Uh, he came on the show to share three main points with us about how you can leverage past success to make your next project successful. Those three points, just to reiterate, were the reuse, repurpose, recycle concept. Take content that you already have and reuse it. Number two was to pick a target audience that was easy to address. In this case, a niche of a niche. Uh, former fans of the art are now getting the uh, art book and the coloring book. And the third one was to pick your allies carefully. In this case, Josh Ulrich and Mike Mayhack. How do you say it? Mike Mayhack. Mayhack uh, are yes. the partners that uh, David has picked. Uh, we certainly appreciate him coming on the show and sharing with us. And don't forget to visit patreon.com slash Richard Bliss to go and pledge for the podcast to keep it going and show your support. Thanks for listening. Take care.